I'd like to begin this episode by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and create today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to extend this respect to any First Nations, Torres Strait Islander and Maori peoples listening. To dearest you, I've been thinking long and hard about you and about your needs and I've been feeling into new and really evolutionary ways that the podcast can serve you and help you on your way to not only defining but realizing your own definition of what I call true self-success. And one fun new way is through these mini mentoring episodes. So it's a bit like my old Ask Allison format. I'm taking questions that I get asked and pretty much the frequently asked questions and turning these into It's kind of mini mentoring episodes where you can just tune in on your way to work or on your walk, maybe even in the evening as you're winding down and just a quick 15, 20, 30 minutes of what I hope is really useful advice, really practical advice and more than anything, empowering advice. So... I hope you love this one. I'd love to hear what you think. And my inbox is always open should you ever want to ask a question or if there's a topic you'd like me to go deeper on. So my email address is support at getoffline.co. All right, here we go. How do I ask my boss for more money? without getting them offside? And what if they say no? Will it be really weird after that? So these are two of the questions. I reckon I get asked these the most, you know, in career mentoring sessions, in DM, on email, and of course inside my private spaces like off. And I think they're really fair questions because one of the things I've noticed is many of the women who gather around my work are chronically underpaid. And I was one of them a long time ago now, but I was definitely one of them. And I remember I always blamed the industry I worked in. Media is notorious for quite lean salaries unless you're in the senior leadership team. And I also used to blame the sector of that industry. So At that time, I was in digital, and then layer onto that, it was a startup. So for so long, I ran this story that this is just how it is, and earning less comes with the territory, and I used to tell myself that the titles I worked on were so amazing, which they were, and this made up for it. You know, I used to tell myself how lucky I was to work on these media titles, and I also viewed myself as 
inexperienced in comparison to my male publisher counterparts, mostly because they were in their 40s and 50s and I was in my late 20s and early 30s. So I just reasoned with myself that I just had to put my head down like everybody else did and earn my way to earning more. But fast forward, I guess maybe seven years now, and I want to give that version of me a very long, firm hug and some really crucial advice. Advice that is now also yours, if you'll have it. Overexerting, overextending, and overperforming is not going to get you paid more. Proving yourself over long periods of time is not the through way to the figure your gifts and skills and really your stewardship is worth. What is going to get you paid more is two things. The first being the degree to which you understand your role and the value or results it drives for the business you work for, and two, your own internal beliefs about your worth, your deservingness, and also, and this is a big one, your capacity to hold more money. So I'm not here, you'll be pleased to know, to tell you to manifest more money. We're not doing that. Um, I'm here to help you understand the realities of doing business and being in business, information that is often gatekept, can I say gatekept, (laughs) by management and leadership. Because if everyone knew, then everyone would be getting themselves into the position for a pay rise. And most businesses can't support that level of salary inflation regardless of how accurate or fair it might be. And I'm also here to help you explore the distance between what you're currently earning, what you think in the mind you should be earning, and what you believe in the body your contribution is worth. So let's start with number one, the degree to which you understand your role and the value or results it drives for the business. I feel like this is the boring bit and we should just get this bit out of the way. So it can be so bloody tempting to compare our salary to the person sitting next to us who is seemingly doing the same job or to our friends and what they're on or to our partner and what they're on. But none of that is overly productive because we don't share the same job description. We don't, usually we don't work for the same business and we don't have the same key responsibilities as these people. It's also not overly productive to listen at length to what our parents or our friends or our partner think we should be earning because This is really based on their perception of you and their perception of your job and or the industry that you work in. 
So always super well-meaning, but not overly productive for us to dwell there and just literally not relevant. So the only things that actually matter, there's three things, your perception of your performance in the role, the company's perception of both the role itself and your performance in it, and the company's overall performance. And what I mean by that is, can it reasonably and responsibly pay you more money even if you have earned it? I also want you to feel into the number that hits your bank account every month relative to the results your efforts have driven for the business. And also, how do you feel about the level of energy and effort you had to exert to earn that figure? So this can be a lot and we should keep unpacking. Successful salary negotiations come for the most part from a place of clarity and confidence about the importance of the role to the business and the value we bring to the role and therefore to the business. We could also frame it another way and that is that the best person for the role is the person who can provide the most value to the business in the role. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Where this starts to get a bit slippery is one of the challenges most employees are faced with is a lack of clarity about how critical or not their role is to the business and the business's success and also how the business will measure or is measuring the success of the role itself. So notice I said the success of the role, not your performance in the role. So these are two different things. And this is probably one of the biggest nuggets I have for you. Your manager, let's assume you have a decent one, (laughs) rare, but they do exist. Your manager is acting in the best interests of the business and is almost always looking at the shape and efficiency of the role you're in, in amongst all of the other roles the business has decided it needs to be successful. So the analysis around remuneration starts with them believing the role does play a critical function in and to the business. And then they're looking at, okay, who is in that role? And is that person's capability matched to the potential of the role? So this is where we start landing in the reality of being in business and doing business. And you know that saying that it's not personal and you're like, yeah, but it feels like it is. Um, It really isn't. And if you have an inexperienced manager it could feel personal, but that is really more of an indicator of their own gaps in knowledge and experience and expertise. I wouldn't be spending too much time worrying about that. And I know that's easier said than done. So, you know, a good portion of my work is very soft and spacious and spiritually informed, but there's a whole side of offline that 
really exclusively extends into my strategic and leadership expertise. And it's not felt. It's not emotionally motivated. I'm not looking to the stars, you know, or the gurus or ancient knowledge systems. I'm only looking to what is actually taking place inside businesses, whether we like it or not. So the questions you should ideally be able to answer as it relates to point one, and remember point one is the degree to which you understand your role and the value or results your role drives for the business. So the questions you should ideally be able to answer is what is the business's primary objective or objectives? What part does the role I'm in, so not me personally, the role, play in helping the business reach this objective? And how is the business measuring the success of the role as in how will the business know the role is meeting both the business's needs and its expectations. So a lot, but we're just walking through this gently. So on to number two, our internal beliefs. Before we even think about booking time with our boss to discuss our salary, we must first get radically honest about whether we believe, and I'm talking at like a tissue and bone level, that our contributions and the results those contributions drive for the business are worth more than what we're currently being paid. So this is where we start to slide into the energetics of earning more money, but also increasing our capacity to hold more money. So you can look to your industry to find the average salary range for your role, but it's all just numbers at the end of the day. What we're wanting to explore is how the numbers or the range that gets fed back to us is experienced in the body. Is it an expansive, empowered, yes, that's more like it, that feels good, that feels true? Or does it make the body contract and make us want to run away? You know, the flight in fight or flight. So this may end up in us thinking, actually, don't even worry about it. I'm not even going to negotiate my salary because there's just no way they'd ever pay me that amount of money. Whether they pay you the figure or not is not actually relevant If it's what the industry is paying, there's a high chance another employer will pay within that range. What's actually relevant is if you feel activated, expanded, and seen by that number. And if you don't, then this is perfect because you've just uncovered some of the most supportive self-development work you can and will ever do the kind of work that can change the course of our lives. And that is increasing our deserving power and our capacity to want more, to earn more, and to hold more money. And I'm not talking about money for money's sake. I'm not talking about 
leaning into greed. I'm talking about a relevant amount of economic wealth for us, however we decide and determine that. So one last thing before I go is don't mistake a higher salary for more work or needing to work harder. We want to be in roles that enable us to give the most amount of value for the least amount of effort. And this is a bit of a polarizing belief of mine. This is when we know we're in a role that is truly accessing our unique gifts and kind of exploiting in a good way our learned skills or the skills we picked up along the way. Ease is an indicator of alignment. So I hope this has been helpful. I'd love to know if you like this style of episode. Feel free to email me on support at getoffline.co to share your thoughts and, of course, to share your needs. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. If something I said today landed deeply in your body and felt true, I want to encourage you to move into intentional action. Visit getoffline.co and consider signing up to my mailing list. You'll receive conscious career love notes from me, invitations to learn with me, and much more. One last thing. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to Offline, please share it with them. 